0: This afternoon we're going to be considering Baptist Catechism questions 81 through 83. And they are about the Ninth Commandment. So we're coming quickly uh, to the end of our study of the Ten Commandments. That went by faster than I was uh, anticipating. Uh, You blink and it's gone. Uh, But it's been a great blessing. I hope you would agree with me about that. So which is the Ninth Commandment? What is it? The Ninth Commandment is, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. 82. 82. What is required in the Ninth Commandment? The Ninth Commandment requireth the maintaining and promoting of truth between man and man, and of our own and our neighbor's good name, especially in witness-bearing. Question 83. What is forbidden in the Ninth Commandment? The Ninth Commandment forbiddeth whatsoever is prejudicial to truth, or injurious to our own or our neighbor's good name. So the ninth commandment forbids prejudice and anything that injures our own or our neighbor's good name. We will read now from Zechariah 8, 14 through 17. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. For thus says the Lord of hosts, I purposed to bring disaster to you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, and I did not relent, says the Lord of hosts. So again, I have purposed in these days to bring good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear not. These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath for all these things I hate, declares the Lord. This is now the reading of God's holy word. May he bless the teaching of the scriptures this afternoon. You know, we have developed this tradition at Emmaus over the years to ask the question, Have you kept this law, that is God's moral law, perfectly? And then to answer, No, we have violated this law in thought, word, and deed. Now, we did not come up with that tradition. The Reformed had been saying this for a long time But I think it is a very helpful saying, and so we have adopted it as our own. By it, we are reminded that we are violators of God's law. Left to ourselves, we stand guilty before God. It is true that we are no longer guilty if we are in Christ, but we stood guilty before God before we placed our faith in Him. And that is the point. We need Christ. And we are reminded of that fact every time we hear God's law and this saying. And this saying is also helpful because it reminds us that God's law is to be kept not only externally, but also in the mind and with our words. Remember the question, have you kept this law perfectly? What do we confess? No, we have violated this law, referring to the moral law, which is summarized in the Ten Commandments, in thought, word, and deed. So many people think about sin in this way. Sin is something that we do. Well, It is that. But before sin is something we do, sin is something that we think, and it also is something that we we say. And so this saying helps us to remember that always. We are not only to keep God's law externally, but also in the mind and from the heart. The commandment, thou shalt not murder, also means that we must not hate in the heart. Christ reminded us of that, didn't he? Uh, when in Matthew 5.21 uh, he, he tells us you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire what is Christ saying? He He's taking God's moral law and he's driving it down into the heart isn't he? He's saying You think you have kept God's law because you have not murdered, but how many of you have thought wicked thoughts concerning your neighbor? How many of you have hated your neighbor uh, and even cursed them in your mind unjustly? Uh, This, too, is a violation of God's moral law. I think we need to let this sink in. Thou shalt not murder. The commandment also forbids unrighteous anger in the heart and all insulting. And the same sort of thing is true of the sins of idolatry and adultery. These moral laws forbid and require certain actions, but they also forbid and require certain thoughts and words. The thing that I would like you to notice about the ninth commandment is that it has to do with our words and not our actions. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, it says. And what does this require of us? Maintaining and promoting truth between man and man and of our own and our neighbor's good name, especially in witness-bearing. The Christian, indeed all people, are to use their tongues to promote the truth. Clearly this commandment forbids lying, so don't lie, brothers and sisters, but rather speak the truth. This is especially important in witness-bearing. What does this refer to? I think this has to do with situations uh, that are legal, if you are ever called to testify in a court of law, or if you are ever called upon to serve as a witness in some civil or even churchly matter, it is especially important that you tell the truth, for what you say will affect the judgments that are reached, and these judgments will likely have a very significant impact upon others' lives and their reputations. Our catechism says that we are to tell the truth so as to promote and maintain our own and our neighbor's good name. Perhaps you have noticed How common it is in our day for men and women to tell lies about others or to twist the truth regarding others so as to damage their reputations and thus gain gain some advantage over them. This is particularly common in politics today. Have you noticed this? Um, And it's vile. We should have nothing to do with this as Christians. Indeed, all people should have nothing to do with this, but especially we as Christians should have nothing to do with this And notice that our catechism does not only deal with what is forbidden, namely lying, but with with what is required. The ninth commandment requires that we promote the truth between man and man. Not lying and promoting the truth are related things, but they're not the same things. It is one thing to not tell a lie. Don't ever lie. The commandment tells us not to lie. But it is another thing to promote the truth. Not telling a lie may involve refraining from speaking, but promoting the truth will require speaking the truth whenever it is our responsibility to do so. To illustrate, if a person has wrongly been accused of a crime and you know they are innocent and you can provide information to demonstrate that they are innocent, then it would be a violation of the ninth commandment to refrain from speaking. Does that make sense? So there are some situations where It is not right to remain silent. We need to speak up according to the Ninth Commandment and its implications. We need to speak up because it is our obligation uh, to not just refrain from lying, but to also promote truth, to promote truth between man and man, and also to work to maintain our own and our neighbor's good name, especially in witness-bearing. So do not lie, but be resolved to use your words To always promote the truth. I want you to think of how happy our families, our churches, and our societies would be if men and women would promote the truth with their lips. Did you ever stop and think about these things? What would the world be like if men and women would put away all deceit and if men and women would? promote the truth with their lips. What would, what would the world be like? What would society be like if we would speak the truth to one another always? Can you imagine it even? It would be incredible uh, to live in a world like that and indeed one day we will live in a world like that. Think of how, 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 how blessed our families would be if the truth were always spoken. How blessed our relationships of all kinds would be. This is what the Lord commanded Old Covenant Israel to do in that Zechariah 8 passage that I read earlier. These things you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath for all these things I hate, declares the Lord. As we've been studying these Ten Commandments, I've often been struck by the thought of how wicked our society is. When Christians think of the evils of our society, they often think of the great evil of abortion and how it violates the sixth of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. But if we were to consider our society with eyes wide open, I think we would see that sin is truly rampant. Men and women do often tell tell lies. They fail to promote the truth with their tongues. This happens in the media. It happens in politics. It happens in The legal system, it happens in day-to-day life, and we reap the consequences of it continuously. And where is it that we will learn, brothers and sisters, to speak the truth in love, except in our families and in our churches? Parents, we must teach our children to not lie, but rather to speak what is true. And this we must also do in the church. I'm afraid that many Within the church, break the ninth commandment, not so much by lying, but by failing to tell the truth. Sometimes pastors are guilty of this. For sometimes it is easier and safer to withhold the truth, or so they think. Speaking the truth is sometimes risky. Sometimes it's scary. But do not forget what Christ said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is very powerful, friends. The truth brings life, whereas falsehood brings death. And so we must be committed to promoting the truth with our tongues. It is most unruly, isn't it? The tongue is. You've been hearing Pastor Russell preach through the book of James. Uh, Whenever I'm away or or not in the pulpit, he's been working through the book of, of James. And the book of James has a lot to say about how unruly the tongue is. But those who are mature in Christ will learn to control their tongues. They'll learn to use their words, to build up and not to tear down by speaking the truth lovingly and skillfully for the glory of God and for the good of others. We need to tell the truth, brothers and sisters. We need to speak the truth with our tongues. We need to refrain from all lying. I'd like you to consider by way of conclusion... Uh, just how much damage lying does to every human relationship, personal relationships, to families, to churches, and to society at large. It it breaks our ability to trust one another. Trust, thanks be to God, can always be rebuilt. But whenever there is deceit, whenever there is the failure to promote the truth, or wherever there is the sin of deceit, um, it it, it divides people. It, It brings Darkness, it brings death. But where truth is present, good things prevail. There is life. And so we, may we pr- uh, pursue truth in all that we do. Truth in our thinking, especially truth in our speaking. What is required in the Ninth Commandment? The Ninth Commandment requires the maintaining and promoting of truth between man and man, and of our own and our neighbor's good name especially in witness-bearing. May the Lord help us in these things. Let's bow together for a word of prayer, and then we will go to corporate prayer together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have sent the Savior to die for our sins. He is truth. He is the eternal word of God come in the flesh. In him there is light and no darkness at all. I pray, O God, that we would know Christ, that we would know him as the truth, as the way, the truth, and the life, the one through whom we come to the Father. And I pray that as Christians, as little Christs, that we would be people of truth. Give us the courage, O Lord. Give us the strength. May we promote the truth amongst ourselves in this congregation. May we be a light to the world in this regard. We pray, O Lord, for Christ's return. We long for that day when Christ returns and makes all things new. We long to live in that world Uh, that Christ will bring into existence where uh, there is no evil thing whatsoever, where truth and justice prevail. O God, we long for that day. I pray that you would give us a little taste of it here on earth, in your church and in our homes, O God, where your moral law is known and obeyed. Give us a little taste of it and help us to be a light to the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.